0: Good morning, welcome to Motivation Central Station. I am Grandpa Jim. Hey, thanks for hanging out with me this morning. I have a great program lined up for you. We're going to talk about uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, uh, the notorious RBG, and her accomplishments. But not only her accomplishments, her character... Her character was stellar, and uh, she didn't have to say much, but her character spoke so loudly. Uh, Just an amazing person for sure. And then uh, the shooting in Kenosha, the person that did the shooting, Kyle Rittenhouse, is back in the news. They keep delaying his court date. I want to touch base on that a little bit. And then I want to talk about um, the Trumper and uh, a couple of things um, that are in the news with him right now. So, you know, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, you know, here's, here's the deal with RBG, is that when she first went to Harvard to become Harvard Law, the story goes that one of the law professors there, it might have been the dean of the school, decides to take them, uh, the nine women that were in that class that year, took them out for a dinner, and then at the dinner, told them that you were taking up nine seats that could have been occupied by males. And that probably was such a dagger in her heart that from that point on, and that she was going to carry the torch for the ladies. And there's a saying that the most powerful engines in the world uh, make don't make a lot of noise. Because they're holding in all the energy. It's not escaping out of the motor. It's not... Leaking out of the motor through different cracks in it. It's just all stored inside. And she reminds me of that. That she was so um, quiet. But when she took a step forward, it was so sure footed that uh, she was going to accomplish her goals. And. She was, uh, there's that saying, don't judge a book by its cover. Don't judge the fight of the dog uh, by its size. Like, she had so much grit, determination in that little frail frame of hers. Um, And uh, from all appearances, she seemed to be Quite uh, the um, woman back in the day, like um, very proud of who she was and that silent self-esteem and I'm going to fight this cause for many, you know, the old saying, speak softly and carry a big stick. She had no bigger stick than being on the Supreme Court. And you know, changing things for uh, I hope my granddaughters can only uh, turn out like her, it would just be you know, amazing. And they're great young ladies now, and I see beautiful things in their future. And um, but Ruth really was a trailblazer, and I have to give props to Mr. Clinton too for his selection. Uh, When he put her on the court, supposedly there were a lot of younger people uh, bidding for that spot. And um, the timing was right for her to, you know, they say the bird waits in the egg. So in her heart, I'm sure these thoughts, I talk uh, when I teach young comedians. Um, I had the good fortune of performing with Lewis Black at a club in Chicago called Zanies, It's on North and Wells, just uh, half a block down from the world-famous Second City. And I got to do a set with Lewis Black. If you don't know him, if you don't think you know him, you probably know him because he's got a lot of HBO specials, but he he does a bunch of anger. And when I got to talk to him after that night of performing, uh, we were walking down Wells, towards Second City, and I got to ask him a few questions, and he wasn't as big and as famous as he is now, but he was on his way for sure, he was working on The Daily Show at that time, and I asked him, you know, how did you get, what happened to me as I bombed miserably that night, and I I would shout at the audience, because I had so much fear going up in the crowds, I'm the last person that should ever be speaking in front of crowds but I'm here to tell you if you do something long enough and you have enough passion for it you will get over to fear and turn it into an asset and so I um uh, went up and I started you know yelling and screaming and and um then uh <laughs> Didn't get much reaction at all. And then he went up later in the night and yelled and screamed. So I was like, why did it work for you? And why didn't it work for me? And he's like, well, you open the show and people aren't really ready for that kind of intensity. And my act builds slowly. I start with a little bit of anger. And then I work up to the end. And then we got to talking. And I'm like, well, how'd you come up with that act? And he said it took him 15 years Uh that he would go out every night Not every night, every Saturday night In Chicago with a friend of his And he didn't do well And then one night He started yelling and screaming At the audiences And he really killed it And he said um, The next week was driving there And they would go at midnight Which is really late for a comedy show Even to start <laughs> And um, he um asked his friend hey I did well last week what did I do and he was like you were yelling at the audience and he said from that point on I've been yelling at the audience so I tell a lot of people I work what do you have 15, are you committed for 15 years and Ruth Bader Ginsburg uh, she was committed uh, for eternity whatever it took and um, it's so great uh, to have Um, I don't remember, you know, I'm thinking of John Lewis here too. And I I don't remember two people, um, dying, uh, and then having so much, um, I don't want to say fair around it, but heartwarming, um, iconic, Um, You could just see their lives before them, and I'm I'm looking forward to this Saturday night. CNN is doing a special on John Lewis, you know, called Good Trouble, you know, and I always liked his term on that, and he was another one that just put his head down, literally, (laughs) if you watch when he came across the bridge in, in Selma, um, in the 60s, he was the first one in front of those lines. And he literally got clubbed over the head and got his his skull fractured. And then when they would go to other protests, he would be at the front of the line. That's, to me, that's courage beyond belief. And these are things we can learn. So if you're having a hard time getting off the couch this morning, it, you know... Think of, I'm going to a protest tonight and I'm going to walk in front of the line. So if they can have courage to do something of that magnitude, right, we can get off the couch and we can not pick up the donut and we can go exercise and use it to empower us and to inspire us. And what dream do you have in your heart? What, what uh, seed is in you? You know, what is growing? What is that thing, that passion that you want to do and you want to achieve? Um, it's in there. You know, there's a saying, you become what you think about all day long. And so, um, you know, uh, Buddha meditated on truth and he became the truth. And so uh, what what's inside of you, you know? And um, if that can't motivate you to look for a job or, um, you know, I'm sure it can. I'm sure it can and, uh, you know, inspire and achieve and and you can definitely do that. And I want to jump into the Kyle Rittenhouse. Kyle Rittenhouse is the 17-year-old that in the Kenosha riots after Jacob Blake got six bullets in his back when he was opening a car door. And um, totally overline that they could not stop this kid from walking to get in this car. These are trained professionals. Like I would, you know, I was a wrestler and stuff. I would have put my hands on that door. I wouldn't to let him open the door. You know, I would have squeezed my way in there. And then the guy grabs the back of his shirt and puts six bullets in his back. That's that's murderous. <laughs> That person, and that guy hasn't been charged yet. what is wrong with these uh, why do these investigations take so long when it's so blatant and now we have Kyle Rittenhouse, the seventeen year old that has not been extradited from Illinois to Wisconsin yet, and they're delaying it and one of my friends uh, was on Facebook this morning african American gentleman, and he's you know he said, you know. If it was an African-American person, that person would have been in court uh, six weeks ago when this all went down. You know, there is such a double standard. And if you don't see that, you just, you you need to get educated. You need to go to areas of poverty and just hang out and observe and just see how police treat those communities, um, you know. And uh, so... Anyway, this kid is not in court yet. And that's because, in my belief, this is my belief, is that the NRA, all these gun activists, all these uh, far right organizations are holding this kid up that had mental health issues. He beat up a female, a young girl, before he was at the rally, shows up. They're getting out of their car to go to this rally, and they they run into some protesters. And this video is on YouTube. And he beats up a girl before this. all He was going there to look for a fight. The kid was disturbed. And to put him up that he was some type of iconic hero. Um, he had dropped out of high school and, um, single mom. And obviously there were issues in that house, you know, and Gandhi said the fall of a nation begins in the home. And, um, so they are loading up on this kid, like he's some type of icon and he's not. And that's why we need to get the control on this country. And, Now, I want to jump over to the Trumper, and I caught the 60 Minutes article on Pennsylvania, and Wisconsin is a mirror image of Pennsylvania. We're a flip state. Um, We went for Obama, um, and then Trump flipped the state by just a mere 20,000 votes. What's happening is in that article, the person that was the the head of Philadelphia says, "Well, the Democratic ballots are coming in seventeen to one, <laughs> and you know Trump has that information, right? I mean, that's why he doesn't want this thing to go off, because he knows he's getting smeared already. That he's he's losing horribly now, you know, and it, you know, and he doesn't fight fair, right? And and." That's my thing about guns and that, too, that, you know, once we load up as a uh, society, we don't fight fair anymore. Um, I'll never forget this video where two girls were fighting, and this young gentleman goes in to break up the fight, and one of the girls punches him (laughs) accidentally, and he runs off and says, I'm going to get my gun, and I'm coming back. Like, what? What? You know, you, you just say, no, hey, it was an accident. <laughs> you know, the girl wasn't trying to hurt him. And and then he's going to run off and get a gun? I mean, come on now. This, this society needs to reel it back in. Nobody has the death, the gun death totals like the United States. Not even close. I've written a few things on guns over my educational period. The first thing... One of the first term papers. I got thrown out of high school when I was 18, the day I turned 18. At night in my high school, the local college had classes. So I, uh, the second half of the year, while kids were in that school during the day, working on their high school i was in there i took a ged exam and then i went i was started doing spring semester in my own high school as college i remember writing about a handgun uh handguns and you were more likely uh you know people like 80 percent bought a handgun in case an intruder came into their home And now, I suppose, they're carrying them in their car, and that's why these numbers are escalating, too. Um, But the numbers with the guns um, jump so high, uh, they were more likely to be used in a suicide, um, hurting somebody else with it, than they ever were for an intruder to come into the house. So that fear... Um, of having somebody come into your house, uh, caused a lot of damage and, you know, other ways. And it was more, you were more likely to die in a small engine airplane. And most of us don't even go in small engine airplanes than you were to ever shoot a intruder with this, uh, gun, you know? And so, um, mind-blowing statistic, Ah, uh, and then, uh, just, uh, 17 to 1, he knows he's getting smeared, he's losing profoundly, and, um, so he wants to end the game, you know, and he's trying to, and he, he will stop at no cost, as demonstrated already, so, anyway, I'm glad to be on here today, um had a vent a little bit venting is good you know that i know uh we can all aspire to be like rbg and uh john lewis and uh what is that passion what is that thing that you want to bring into the material world you know you can do it you can do it and uh you know and if you're looking to make a change you, you know sometimes it's just starting five minutes a day you know we all think we don't have enough time during the day but you'll see if there's something you're really passionate about you'll find that five minutes so hey thanks for hanging out with grandpa jim here on motivation central station uh anybody that listens to this podcast knows we're the do-gooders we want to go help others um Today, I'm gonna go to a recovery meeting, reach out to a couple of social work clients and uh, try to help my wife out with some things around the home. And so, hey, have a wonderful, awesome day. Uh, Actually gonna help a neighbor too that is um, having trouble. uh, They're living in a new place and they need some help. They need somebody to help them uh, go talk with the old landlord and give the keys back, and um, they're fearful to do that on their own, and I volunteered to help, and um, that's going to be my good deed for the day. So uh, hopefully you can find a good deed to help somebody else out with, and uh, if you have nothing to give, uh, remember you can always give a smile to somebody. So have a wonderful, awesome day, and uh, if you like these types of podcasts, please hit subscribe. And I also have a Facebook page called Motivation Central Station and recently put some uh, photographs of me and my grandson playing on a new school bus in the backyard that we created, a little play area for him. So if you want to check out some cute, fun stuff, uh, check that out. And there's some other podcasts on there as well. And have a wonderful, awesome day.